Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Pat Rulo is an inspiration. She's an author of multiple books. She hosts multiple radio shows. She heads the network of Speak Up Talk Radio. She hosts three shows of her own. She heads the International Fire Brand Book Awards, the Positive Change Podcast, and the Podcast Doctor. I could not be more excited to have her and talk about all of these things here on The Storytellers. I have to tell you, Pat, welcome to The Storytellers Microphone. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's I've been looking forward to this now for a couple months. Well, I couldn't be more happy to have you because quite honestly, you are an inspiration for my work. I have had the great gift of writing for many, many years, now doing radio shows. And when I found about you and Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards, you really inspired me because of all you do. But this really came to you, if I'm correct, 16 years ago with an experience with your mom. Would you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, I was just busy minding my own business, having a wonderful life. I had my own employee benefits company. And in 2008, my mom, who was 78 years old, she was working at a bridal salon and she tripped over a building code violation. It was a big piece of wood between the stock room and the showroom that shouldn't have been there. The owner never fixed it. The city didn't come back to fix it. And so one day as my mom was carrying a veil from the stockroom to the showroom, she fell and did some damage to her shoulder. I was in Arizona at the time. We had a place out there and, and in Ohio too. So I wasn't home. And so she immediately had a neighbor take her to the hospital and the doctor. And they suggested a total reverse shoulder replacement. Whether that was necessary or not, I, I never really knew but they hurried up with that surgery. Um, and then she was actually having a heart attack during the procedure and nine hours after the procedure in the um, recovery room that went undiagnosed for, for nine hours. They kept doing EKGs that said heart attack in progress, uh, but nobody was reading it or I don't know what was going on there. So. Um, yeah, that, that left her in the hospital for four and a half months. And no one ever spoke about it. Nobody ever told us what really happened. And at every turn, I knew that I had to be there because I got this information the very next day when a doctor who I didn't know found me in the hallway. He pulled me into a small conference room, closed the door, handed me a manila envelope, and he said, this stinks and you need to do something about it. So, you know, well, I was scared to death. I opened up this envelope and in there were the four EKG rhythm strips that clearly said um, myocardial infarction in progress. So now I knew this information for the next four and a half months. No one ever spoke about it. And I just knew I was never going to leave my mom's side. So I pretty much stayed at the hospital 24 seven, which caused me to lose my insurance license because I didn't have the opportunity to do continuing education. And I lost that business. So it just cascaded into pretty much of a nightmare. Um, she finally got out of the hospital and uh, only because I was there as a patient advocate, I think, just because there was another set of eyes and ears and uh, pretty well damaged. She couldn't really do too much. So 
Yeah, that's when it really started about a year into that. I felt like I was having PTSD with some of the situations that happened. And one day I thought, I just have to start writing this down. And I started writing, putting it on paper. And as I was doing that, I realized, oh my gosh, if this is happening to me, it's happening to other people as well. So that book got published. Um, which led to loads of speaking events, which led to the radio. And as I was interviewing people for my radio show, which were primarily physicians and people in the healthcare industry, I realized that there were so many of them had written books and had never really had the opportunity to get their books out there and be interviewed. So that then gave me the idea to do the Authors on Fire podcast, which then just kind of organically morphed into the Firebird Book Awards and with all my work with radio, the podcast awards kind of came about. So yeah, from bad came all of this wonderful, exciting goodness. Well, and we should just pause for a minute and say the name of the book is Speak Up and Stay Alive. Uh, I have found in my own life, both for my parents, myself, my loved ones, being a patient advocate is the defining thing that makes outcomes positive for people. Absolutely. Um, so I'm so glad you did that. And I also think that your life message here is really important, that it is bad things sometimes lead to great things. Have to find uh, you just have to hang in there with it, you know? Yeah, because when you're in the middle of it and you're looking at it, you're not going to find anything that makes any sense or anything good or no little nugget that you could use at the time. Sometimes you just need that little bit of time to stand back and Either it comes to you or you come to it, but eventually it connects and you find out, wow, now I know why that happened. You had said that it was important for you to write it down. Was that, I, you mentioned a little bit of PTSD, but was it also really important for you to communicate that message? It wasn't initially. I did not write it for other people. I just thought, you know what, I need to remember that because it was so weird that if, if I don't write this down, no one's ever going to know about it. So, you know, and each day we kept having strange occurrences, like a, this doctor was about 100 years old, wasn't even part of my mom's care staff. He walked into her room one day with a bunch of little uh, interns be behind him, and he was a bed sore guru, is what he said. My mom had a stage four bed sore to the bone. He went to the... um windowsill where I had kept my Clorox wipes because I used to clean everything every day. He went and got these Clorox bleach wipes, pulled them out and told this group of young people, here's how you clean a bed sore. And he started cleaning my mom's bed sore with Clorox bleach wipes. Oh my goodness. And that's the kind of stuff that just happened day after day after day. So that's when I thought I have to write this down. And then the more I started writing, the more I realized I can't keep this to myself. I at least need to put it into some kind of book format, um, not planning to do a radio show about it or speaking events. But as soon as the book came out and a few people read it, they were like, can you speak to our group? Can you talk to us? Can you? And then I realized that I had something here um, that needed to be that needed to go public. Absolutely. And you say, you know, one thing led to another and then, you know, all of a sudden there were two radio shows and then there was a network and now there were awards and, but that just doesn't really happen quite as organically, uh, maybe organically, but not as easily as uh, you may have led on. What were the nuts and bolts of that for you? Okay. So let's see. So I did my radio show, uh, Speak Up and Stay Alive. 
and um, the and the speaking events. And as I said, as I was interviewing people for the radio show, that's when I realized that there were a lot of people writing books that really didn't have a way to get get their voice to be heard. So to get it out on terrestrial radio shows, because the show got became nationally syndicated through Salem Media. So it was on stations throughout the country. So these authors were appreciating the opportunity to get their voice out there, not just locally, but now nationally. So that's how the um, the author interviews started. And I don't really even know how Firebird came about. It was just that as I was reading books, as I was getting ready to do the interviews, I was thinking, wow, there is some good quality information out here. Um, how can I get, how can I even further that? Not just being the voice and audio, what more can I do with that? And some way the the, the book awards came in. It, it took a couple years for me to kind of silently think through that. And um, yeah, so then one day I just thought I'm going to, I decided not to research any other book awards. I didn't want to really know what other people were doing. I thought, let me put this together as I would want it to be if I were an author. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't until way after the fact did I look at anybody else to see what they were doing. And some were doing some similar things and some weren't. And that's when I decided to connect it to our pillowcase project, because when my mom got out of the hospital, as I said, she couldn't do anything. She was just sewing and making pillowcases. And uh, every day I'd go over and she had like 10 or 12 pillowcases to the point where I said, what are we going to do with all these pillowcases? So I contacted Soldiers Angels. This was back in 2009, 10. And um, we started making military type fabric pillowcases and sent them to Soldiers Angels. And then they would forward them on to the troops in Afghanistan and Iraq and out in the Persian Gulf and the Navy boats. And I then eventually helped them set up their own pillowcase project. Then once the troops pulled out, then we started doing locally to homeless veteran shelters and women and children's domestic uh, abuse and violence and homeless shelters. And um, yeah, so I had never sewn before. So my mom helped me, you know, we got, a, I bought myself a, a sewing machine and just have had a blast with it. So she and I were making the pillowcases for years. She passed away in 2016. And sort of as a homage to her, I thought, I'm going to continue with the pillowcases, tie them to the um, book awards and the podcast awards. And then I met Terry Grail from Enchanted Makeovers. And she has a pillowcase project through her whole homeless shelter renovations that she does. And so uh, she allowed me to make some of the donations tax deductible because she's a, she's a charity. So yeah, again, it was very organic, not planned, but it was all connected, you know, back to what happened to my mom in 2008. And, and this is why you're an inspiration that you have found in my words, the perfect way of matching your passions to also giving back and giving mm -hmm. back in some really important ways. Um, I'd like you to talk just a little bit more about what are the parameters for the Firebird uh, Book Awards. And then I want to talk more about the charity work that you do. Okay. Yeah, as far as the Firebird Book Awards, it is an international competition. 
And I decided to run it quarterly because I am a very impatient person and I would not want to sign up for a book award in January and not know until December. I, that would just, I probably wouldn't even sign up because it would make me a little nuts. So I decided I'm going to do it quarterly, which is a whole lot of work on our end here because you're constantly going through that cycle. But I think people appreciate that. Um, yeah, and it's open to all genres. Um, and and basically, it's a simple, you know, sign up, send us, uh, send us your manuscript via via email. And uh, yeah, I've got about twenty three judges throughout the. Well, it's not even the country. Actually, a couple in Europe. And um, so, as soon as we get the entries, we send them off to two judges, and everybody, all the judges, work from the same twenty questionnaire same 20 questions, they grade it one through five for each question. And then when they're done with that, they send it back to me. So I am not a judge. I just then pull it all together, aggregate aggregate all of that. And the front person, you know, I, I'm, and I'm actually the only front person. I don't have anyone else that I allow to speak to any of the folks that enter because I want it to be a relationship between me and that author that goes beyond somebody just entering a book and, and then not having any idea of, well, who is this Pat person? You know, I, I want there to be that relationship to the point that we even call it Firebird family of friends. So it's open to all genres. Is it, do you have to have a new release or can more seasons yeah. authors? Or... That's a good question. No, and I left that open. I, I We don't care if it's a new release or if you published it, you know, in 1995, because I feel that if the book is good in 95, it's still good today. Now, obviously, if if it didn't season well with, say, medical information that does that becomes outdated. But if somebody writes a great fiction book in 95, it's still good. And it can help them add new life to that book and, and uh, spur them on to keep going. I think it's just a, a way to just to keep that positivity going, to realize that... Um, Somebody does, a third party does appreciate what they're doing and it keeps them on track to keep writing. And that's the perfect segue since you said positive for the Positive Change podcast. You do a very similar thing for podcasts. Absolutely. It's again, it's tied to the Pillowcase Project. And uh, that is a, that's a more, that's a like a tighter group than the Firebird Book Awards for some reason. Um, I have a tighter group of judges, maybe eight or 10, but we do listen to up to nine episodes. So again, I didn't look around to see what anyone else was doing. I thought I did after the fact, and I realized that some podcast awards tell the tell the host to send us your best or put together several segments of your best. And I thought, you know what? That's not a real experience. A real listener is going to go to Apple or Spotify or wherever, and they're going to listen to a couple of them, maybe three or four. And that's when I thought I want our judges to listen to maybe up to nine of them so that they really hear the good, the bad, what's consistent, what's not consistent, and really get a true feeling for what that podcast is all about. And unlike the book awards where I can't possibly read all of the books, um, I do listen to all of all of the podcasts that come in for the Positive Change Awards. And for full transparency, um, I submitted both this show, The Storytellers, and my other radio show, Launchpad, uh, to the positive change. But the reason I did, and very gratified that we were multi-award winning. Yes, you were. 
on both shows. But the reason I submitted was because of how you handle your nonprofit work. Um, I, I don't know if all listeners know that when authors or podcasters, radio show hosts submit their works, there's a fee involved and there's a commitment involved. And I only submitted to you. And I did that because I am inspired by your back of the house that you are always paying it forward. Mm -hmm. um, not only are you giving authors and radio show hosts and podcasters that ability to say, hey, I just won X number of awards with these two platforms, but that you're giving back to society. So that's got to be a real core value that goes back maybe to your mom. Yeah, I, I, I it, it means a lot to me because she and I kind of started that. Um, and, and again, not with any plan. It's just we took a bad situation and we thought, what could we do to help make other people happy? And I have to tell you, Grace, and I, I say this all the time, my favorite part of this pillowcase project is the anonymity of it. When I'm making pillowcases in my sewing room, I have no idea who is going to sleep on that pillowcase. And by the same token, the person that receives it has no idea who made it. So now we've got this connection between two people who will never know each other, but it's through this little simple piece of fabric that isn't really that simple. It's it's when people go to bed at night, they're 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 falling asleep, they're laying their head on something, and they are now allowed to go into some dreamland, you know, where anything is possible and all the positivity is out there. And that could happen through just that little simple pillowcase. And we now send um, children's books. So a lot of times, especially children's book authors, um, instead of just sending us the manuscript, they'll send us a couple copies, signed copies of their books. And then if you tuck that into like a cute pillowcase for kids, can you imagine what that must do to a little person that's in a strange bed, afraid? It's like, you know, who sent this? But I sure love it. Yeah. As do I. Uh, Pat, there's so much more we could talk about. What's the best way for people to find out more about you, your work, and maybe get involved at various levels? Yes, speakuptalkradio.com. That's simple. Just speakuptalkradio.com, and they can find us on Instagram, Twitter, all the other places. And uh, yeah, just a one stop there, and they'll find all the goodies and more. Pat, thank you for being a guest here on The Storytellers. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network, and Grace Salmon. Pat, I look forward to talking to you again. You are the best. Thank you for this opportunity. I so appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories. Tell your own and come back for another episode because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.